Welcome to the Wounds of the Faithful podcast, brought to you by DSW Ministries. Your host is singer, songwriter, speaker, and domestic violence advocate, Diana Winkler. She is passionate about helping survivors in the church heal from domestic violence and abuse and trauma. This podcast is not a substitute for professional counseling or qualified medical help. Now, here is Diana. Hello, everybody. This is the day that the Lord has made. Each day is a new beginning, my friends. And today is the day I've been looking forward to for a while. Wayne Stiles is on the show today. His ministry has really helped point me to the Lord and to his word in some really tough times. He speaks about suffering and some tough questions of the faith in such a compassionate manner. You are going to be so blessed today. I might sound like I'm geeking out today. I have all of his books. I listen to his podcast every week. And I watch his videos to Israel. So if you're watching this on YouTube, you'll notice that my background is a little different. I cleaned out my bookcase, which has all my sheet music in. And I was meaning to do that for a long time. But I finally did it this weekend. And I thought, wow, I'm going to start decorating my bookcase with the guests, their books and their products and any little little visual aids that we can add to make the background look nice and welcoming. So you'll see that I have a picture of our trip to Israel in the middle. Uh, We're on the Mount of Olives and that's our group. And behind us is the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. So on one side, I have a hand-carved the lion and the lamb. It's carved out of olive wood. And I got that in Bethlehem. And also on the other side of the picture, there is a Jerusalem cross. And a Jerusalem cross is only found in Israel. You have the large cross. And then in the four corners, you have the little crosses. And those represent the four gospels to the four corners of the earth. And on the bottom shelf here, I've got two of Wayne's books which you will hear more about as he comes on the show and talks to us. So let me read you his bio here. Wayne Stiles has served in full-time Christian ministry for almost 30 years, effectively using video, writing, teaching, and music to creatively communicate the life-changing truths of God's Word. A veteran traveler to Israel, he has taught and written extensively on the devotional benefits of the Holy Land on his popular blog, in his books, as well as in dozens of articles. Wayne earned his master's and doctorate degrees and served in the pastorate for 14 years and as a nonprofit executive for 12 years. Wayne and his wife, Kathy, have helped lead many tours to numerous biblical sites in Israel, Jordan, Greece, Turkey, in Italy. They have been married 29 years and have two grown daughters. Wayne's passion is to help connect the Bible and its lands to life, showing the practical application of God's Word. Will you please welcome Wayne Stiles? I'm here. My husband wants to say hello. (laughs) Hey. Howdy, sir. Hey there. (laughs) Nice to meet you. You too. I'm doing great. Yeah. um, 
It was really cool watching your uh, uh, Jerusalem and Israel videos because we were there and it was such a such a cool thing to see you there and Good. be able to experience it for ourselves. Luckily, we got it out of the way right before COVID hit. So, oh boy, what um, what month did you go? Uh, we went in October, most of all of October till I think the, what the second week in November. No, we wow. were home by Halloween, so it was the last week of October in uh, 2018. Okay. okay, yeah, so it was right before uh, 2020. So amazing. So. We we got back the first of March of 2020. So we we like had the flames behind us as we landed. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, we uh, we all got sent home from our work and uh, pretty uh -huh. much uh, beginning of April and been here ever since. So wow. No ETA going back as of today. Wow. Pretty cool. Well, it's great to meet you. You as well. Enjoy the discussion and I look forward to watching it when you're done. Sounds good. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks so much, Wayne, for being here. It's really an honor to have you today. Well, thank you, Diana. It's a privilege to be with you today. It really is. I've been following your ministry for about three years or so. I reserved our trip to Israel with a, a local tour company here in Phoenix. And my attitude was, you know, this isn't just a vacation. This is a pilgrimage. So we were investing 10 grand into this trip. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, I really want to prepare spiritually for this trip. So I Googled some stuff and I discovered your website. Great. And so I bought your, your two devotional books that are behind me here. Um, and then I started listening to your podcast every week. And in fact, your podcast was one of the first ones I've ever listened to. And those resources really did help me to prepare for going where Jesus walked. Then when we came Great. home... I bought your walk through the Bible lands and Brian was like, you mean we could have saved $10,000 and just watched Wayne's videos? <laughs> well, it's not quite the same, but no. I'm glad that you, I'm glad that you enjoy them. <laughs> so it was noticeable from the very beginning that you have a gift with communicating the truths of God's word in a compassionate way, especially on those really hard questions and since you've helped me so much, I really wanted to introduce my listeners to your ministry as well. Good. You know, the Lord does take us through uh, all, all varying kinds of challenges in life. And um, I'm no exception and neither are you. And we all are just walking step by step with, with his hand and uh, hoping that we can make it one more day. <laughs> so you serve the Lord and you have a beautiful Christian family. Now, you were raised in a Christian home, but you're no stranger to hardships and pain. Would you share with us about your life growing up? Sure. Um, my life growing up, you know, all in all, I would say it was a great blessing because I can see it in hindsight. But, um, you know, I had a pretty nomadic childhood. Um, both my parents, my, both my biological parents were married multiple times three and four times each. And um, it was a challenge to, uh, to try to know where home was and in that kind of uh, just the emotional lack of foundation. Somehow the Lord really just drew me to himself. One of the great things I'm grateful to about my mom and my stepdad is that they went to church and it was at church that 
God just really spoke to the heart of a, I guess I was six years old when uh, I realized that, that uh, my sin, you know, was enough to keep me out of heaven, any sin, and that I needed someone to pay for that sin. And Jesus did that when he died on the cross. And I believe that. And, um, you know, then began my difficult journey. My sins were paid for, but then you have to learn how to walk with the Lord. So um, it wasn't really until college that I got involved with the church that got me grounded in the, in the Bible. And it was uh, growing and reading the Bible that really began to uh, give comfort because it was there that I found truth more than just emotion to live life by. And uh, so that's the short version. I do have a, a wonderful family. My wife, Kathy, and I have been married for 31 years. And we have uh, two beautiful daughters in their uh, mid-20s, both still single, but uh, one not for long, probably. <laughs> <laughs> so did you mention that your, your mom had some struggles in your family? She did indeed. Uh, her life was a struggle. And uh, I could mention some that would be uh, very terrible to mention, but uh, I won't just to... to to honor her memory and because I don't want to, uh, it isn't necessary enough to give detail except to say it was very, very challenging. Um, many of the decisions were hers, many of the mistakes were hers, and uh, many were mistakes made done to her. Mm -hmm. And one of the ways that she chose to cope with it was alcohol. And that was um, just a, such a massive challenge. If, if anybody's been in the home of an alcoholic, mm -hmm. it's just... Uh, it's a nightmare. And uh, she went, uh, she died in her 50s, uh, which was, I guess, about 17 years ago now. And uh, she's been with the Lord that long. She did know the Lord. So, but boy, what a challenge. It was certainly a challenge for you. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. But also, it was in that time that I really just realized even, even great parents aren't perfect parents. And uh, even bad parents, you know, aren't perfect parents. And it, uh, I really, really drew close to God during that time because he was the only one that um, I knew I could cling to and who wouldn't, who wouldn't uh, ever betray me in the sense of, uh, of one who truly loved me. That's right. Now I had bought the Archaeological Study Bible from Crossway Publishers when we got back from our trip to Israel. Yeah. And I am so enjoying it. It is That's one a of the one. Yes. It's rich. It is one of the first times I have read Leviticus and Numbers, you know, everybody thinks that that's, you know, that's like really dry and boring, but I finally was reading it this time and found it interesting. And I just finished uh reading about the patriarchs again and Wow, I forgot mm -hmm. that those families were really dysfunctional <laughs> and committed oh, so were. atrocities and horrible things. So they didn't have perfect families. Um, you got your book that I've read a couple times now. Um, and you talk about Joseph, who mm -hmm. suffered so much abuse and trauma, yet he didn't sin against the Lord or abandon his faith. Joseph is probably one of my favorite Bible heroes of the faith. Absolutely. Probably Daniel would be my second. Yeah, Joseph is amazing. So tell us how Joseph's life can give us answers to life's 
biggest questions, you know, like, where was God during the times that I was in pain and being abused? How could a loving mm -hmm. God allow mm -hmm. such evil things to happen to me? Boy, that is a tough, tough question to answer. Uh, why questions are, are hard. Um, and the Bible doesn't give us uh, answers necessarily that, that uh, do a lot for us in the immediate emotion, but sometimes it gives us stories like Joseph. And if nothing else, it shows us that God gets it. He understands that, that the pain that we feel is real and uh, the Joseph story is, of course, one of the greatest uh, examples of that. Joseph was betrayed by his brothers. They hated him. They sold him into slavery. And Joseph endured uh, temptation when he was down in Egypt. He endured uh, false accusation. He was imprisoned. And then, um, uh, but ultimately, I think, I guess maybe a, a, short, a short answer to your, to your question is, one of the things that happened in Joseph's life was the Lord gave him dreams. And this was a time before there was any scripture. Mm -hmm. And so one of the ways that the Lord would communicate to people would be through dreams on occasion. Not that every dream was a, a vision from God, but some of Joseph's were. And one of the dreams that the Lord gave Joseph was telling him that he would rule over his brothers and his father and mother at, at some point. Well, you know, a little naive Joseph tells his brothers this. And of course, they didn't like it. Nope. And so when one day they saw Joseph coming from a distance and they made the statement, now let's see, let's, let's kill him. And then let's see what becomes of his dreams. And it seems sort of a throwaway statement, but it's really the heart of Joseph's struggle and of our struggle. Because there's what we expect from the Lord in fact, there's what God told Joseph, you're going to rule over your brothers. And then mm -hmm. Joseph's brothers sell him into slavery. And so Joseph's thinking, what's, I thought I was supposed to rule over my brothers. This isn't at all what God told me. This isn't at all what I expected from life. Mm -mm. So the challenge really for all of our lives is now let's see um, what will become of our dreams, not of our personal, you know, hopes and aspirations, but of when God promises something in his word and it doesn't seem to work out that way, the challenge is what are we going to do? Are we going to punt the Bible or are we going to say, you know what, Lord, I'm going to trust you and I'm going to wait on you because if you promise that it's going to happen, then it's just a matter of time. And this is ultimately what Joseph chose to do is to wait on God. And he had to wait like 22 years. Yeah, that's a long time. dreams come true. Yeah, so, that's, that's the title of your book, Waiting on God. Yeah, yeah. But it, I mean, our problem is really ultimately a problem with God. It's not a, it's not a problem with, our, our, with people who have hurt us. Uh, uh, ultimately, it's with God. I mean, people who have hurt us, obviously, there's a problem there, too. But our challenge is, um, you know, God could have stopped it, and he didn't. God could have stepped in, and he didn't. And we... Um, we think, well, stepped in in the sense that we think he should. I'm trying to think what psalm it is. I think it's uh, Psalm 13. I think it's Psalm 13 that says, How long, O Lord, are you going to forget me forever? Mm -hmm. And I love that question because yeah. we, we ask that question. And it's right there in the Bible. So God knows we feel that way. 
And he's, he's, he's basically saying, look, the way it is now is not the way it's always going to be. Just trust me, keep going. And one day you'll be able to look back. You'll be able to have my perspective and uh, you'll be able to see then what I see now. But boy, that's tough. It is. I mean, Joseph had to forgive his brothers. How do we forgive when our pain has been so deep? That's true. And, and once again, Joseph gives us a, a great model there. Um, in Genesis chapter 50, he, his brothers come to him and say, you know what, boy, we really blew it. Uh, are you going to take vengeance on us now? Because Joseph was at that point in a position where he could. He could have mm -hmm. had them killed. Mm -hmm. But he made this wonderful statement. He said, um, you intended it for evil, but God intended it for good to bring about this present result. So Joseph was able to forgive his brothers, not because they deserved it. They didn't. Uh, not because they confessed, not because they'd earned it. But Joseph was able to forgive because he knew that God was sovereign and that God allowed the evil for a good that would be greater. Now, at the, at the time of evil, Joseph didn't feel that way. Mm -mm. It, it took time and it took hindsight. But what we can do in these moments of pain is to realize, you know what? God wasn't asleep at the wheel uh, the day that, that um, the, the day that I suffered pain and this, this day to day, he's still sovereign. And so I'm going to trust him even though now I can't see um, the ultimate end of it all. Yeah, hindsight is twenty twenty, isn't it? <laughs> Sometimes. I, yeah. I, you know, look back on um, my past and my abuse and all the suffering that I've gone through. And, you know, many times I wanted to blame God for that. But it, sometimes it, it was maybe poor choices or... Maybe it was the devil or, mm -hmm. you know, our circumstances, um, just the, the fallen world that we live in. And I remember you just did a podcast a couple of weeks back on the devil. Mm -hmm. The devil is more to blame for most of the pain in this world. And you gave us a very graphic picture of Satan's purpose and agenda for us. Well, it's his agenda for us, and the, and the graphic picture is the one that the Bible gives. I mean, Peter describes Satan as a lion, uh, a, a lion that's just waiting to devour us and to, to destroy us. And I don't know if you've ever seen like a lion like devouring something. I remember when I was studying that passage, I actually looked at it, looked it up on Google or some safari thing, and what's up? That's a vicious metaphor to just see that lion crouching and waiting as mm. still as can be until the moment of vulnerability. And then he takes his cheap shot and overpowers us. Mm. But the great thing is that, you know, Diana, the, the Lord, the Lord is stronger than Satan. And um, I remember Johnny Erickson Tata one time shared something that mm -hmm. uh, I've never forgotten. She said, sometimes the Lord allows what he hates to bring about a result that he loves. Mm -hmm. She has a really great book. Uh, I don't know if you've recommended it before, but uh, what's it called? It's called uh, A Place of Healing, Wrestling with the Mysteries of Suffering, Pain, and God's Sovereignty. 
boy, it's a great book. I haven't um, read that one. I've read, of course, her biography when I was a teenager. And for those mm -hmm. that are not familiar with her, she became paralyzed from the neck down from a diving accident when she was a teenager. And, she, you know, yeah. she's, she's still paralyzed. But she's had such an incredible ministry and has gone through a lot of trials herself on, on top of her disability. Um, so I'll have to um, definitely put that on my reading list. Sure. I, uh, I put the link here in the chat there if you're able to click on it. That's a great... Uh, it's a great book, really great book. Absolutely. So if we're if we're sleeping on the proverbial couch with God, we're angry with God, but we haven't moved out yet. What what baby steps can we take to let God back into our life? Maybe start that renewal process with our relationship with God. You know, I, I think there's no more important question than what you just asked, because in a sense. So at some point in our lives, we all come to that place of realizing that we've got nowhere else to go. I mean, if we don't go to God, we got nowhere else to go. Mm -mm. And the good thing is, it's not like he's the last resort. He's usually just the last. We don't go to him until we've exhausted every other means that will uh, take care of, that will give us the shortcut that we long for. But the reality is, our our Heavenly Father is, He is one who loves us, will never forsake us and betray us in spite of circumstances that seem to say He has. And the first step basically is just, you know, to, to do what, what you did, Diana, what I did when I was a little boy, and that's to realize that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is the one who died to pay for our sins. Just for a moment, forget all the sins done to us and think about the sins that we've done that can keep us out of God's presence. Mm -hmm. But Jesus died for that. And uh, if we believe that he paid for our sins, then our sins are forgiven and we can have a relationship with him. And if we've done that and still wandered away, um, Jesus made a wonderful promise. He said, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him or her and uh, they with me. So wa walking back into God's fellowship is, is as easy as accepting his invitation to just let him back in. And practically, you just, you read the Bible on a regular basis. Uh, you get involved with a, a good church that teaches the Bible, not just uh, reads poetry or something. Mm -hmm. Teaches the word of God. And, uh, and you serve him. You find a way that how he's gifted you and you just serve him and you will discover if you do this consistently that you will be growing and your walk with Christ will be deepening and you will find a peace and a and a joy that is able to sustain you during those painful seasons of life. Amen. Such great advice. So very true. I will say that before my trip to Israel, I really needed a kick in the pants or like a spiritual refresher. Mm. I would say my spiritual life was kind of, eh, wasn't very passionate, <laughs> but <laughs> it wasn't like super bad. Kind of, you know, and we Good all get, in the, yeah, we all get in those, those stages of life. Um, so taking a trip to the Bible lands really was what I needed. 
although I didn't feel the full effect until we got back. I think I emailed you once and said how disappointed I was with the with the rude pilgrims and the Jesus yeah. junk peddlers and Jerusalem. I remember that. <laughs> and heat exhaustion. And it was a wonderful trip. Um, you've taken many trips to Israel. I think you said uh, you've you you saved nine years for your first trip? We did. Yeah, we, we saved for nine years before we went the very first time. But it was wow. totally worth it. Oh, yeah. Totally worth it. I think it took us two two to three years to save up for ours. Um, what would be your, your favorite biblical site, hands down? Wow. <laughs> That's sort of like asking me <laughs> which daughter kid? is my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think probably... Uh, Probably my most favorite place is um, a little place on the Sea of Galilee called uh, Tavga. It's spelled T-A-B-G-H-A, but it's pronounced Tavga. It means uh, seven springs, and it's the place where uh, near where the, sea, the Jordan River flows into the Sea of Galilee, and it's where the springs produce an abundance of algae, which attracts a lot of fish, which attracts a lot of fishermen. Mm-hmm. And that hasn't changed for thousands of years. And so this is probably the location where Jesus found Peter and uh, John and Andrew and James and called them initially at the beginning of his ministry and told Peter, remember after the miraculous catch, he tells Peter, uh, Peter falls down and says, depart from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. And Jesus doesn't say, you know what, you're right, get out of here. He says, don't be afraid. Uh, from now on, you're going to be fishing for men. Well, Peter didn't fish for men. He was he was all in it for Peter. <laughs> and uh, three and a half years later, Peter denies Christ down in Jerusalem. And then Jesus sends them back to the Sea of Galilee again, to the same shore. And in John chapter 21, we read that great uh, story where Jesus does another miraculous catch. And Peter once again comes up to him. And uh, Jesus says, basically, takes him back to where they started and in a sense tells him, let's just start over right here. I love that because what it says is even though we blow it, uh, we can start over with Christ. He's willing to allow that. And so that's my favorite place because I do a lot of starting over. Uh, Yes. My pastor says, master the restart. (laughs) That is his favorite saying. Is you, yeah. you're, you're not reading your Bible. You're not praying. Master the restart. Just get back in. Get back in there. Um, that's right. That's Reboot. a beautiful spot. The one you pick. I most people would not pick that site. Um, I'll say my <laughs> my favorite spots were the ones that were quiet and peaceful. I, I can imagine how that's how Jesus felt because you know everywhere we went it was a mob. And uh, <laughs> I really liked the garden tomb and I liked the, yeah. the boat ride on Galilee. And, you know, that may sound, okay, that's the touristy no, that's place great. to go. But um, we had time tickets into the garden tomb. And even though, you know, some people are questioning whether that's, that's you know, where Jesus was buried or not. I really enjoyed it because we had our communion there. and Right. And it was quiet and we had time to pray and reflect on you know what 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 happened Mm -hmm. and uh, we really liked the um the boat on the sea of galilee too even though it was you know it's kind of kitschy but um you could imagine 
Absolutely. Jesus on the boat fishing with the disciples, and it was so awesome. There weren't any crowds around us. (laughs) Right. It's a wonderful place. Now, which site would you think offers the best evidence for the claims of Christianity, though? Wow. Um, you know, archaeology does a lot to, um, to support the claims of Christianity because the claims of Christianity are rooted in Scripture. But uh, I have traveled to pretty much, I wouldn't say all the Bible lands, but most of them, um, Egypt, Greece, Jordan, Rome, Israel. And what I found as I've gone to these places is that when the Bible describes the geography of something or the distance between something, it is dead on accurate. And I remember a statement that Jesus made to Nicodemus. I think it's in uh, John 3, right around that famous John 3.16 verse. But um, Jesus said to Nicodemus, if I told you earthly things and you don't believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? Wow. And in other words, if we can look at the geography and it matches exactly what the Bible says, if we can dig up archaeology that supports what the history that the Bible says, then we can have a much greater confidence about those things we can't verify, like heaven and hell. If Jesus talked about this and it was right, then we can trust him when he talks about the other things that we can't verify. Yeah, the the Bible is is trustworthy the things that happen in the bible actually happened it's not just words on a page it it happened in time and space and at a place that you can still go and visit at least by video yes um now reading the bible i'm i'm in i just started joshua and it's crazy now i can picture when i'm reading those same scriptures i read last year um now i can picture exactly where it is it's it's really mind-blowing that's right That's right. And that is a gift that you've given yourself for the rest of your life. Every time you read the Bible, that's what's going to be happening. So we have to talk about these videos of yours. Um, In fact, I was just watching again that that video of the archaeological site in Jericho with your friend Mm -hmm. um, with the dig. I wasn't going to buy the videos at first when we came back from Israel because, you know, we just spent like (laughs) $10,000. And, um, but I, I changed my mind when I saw that video of the inside of the mosque at the Temple Mount in the South Wall. That mm-hmm. was so breathtaking. I mean, we were just there and I didn't see any of that. And right. I thought, well, I most, really. Most people can't see any of that. <laughs> I mean, you, you go to places that many tour groups don't even have access to. So how, how did you get into these places? Well, some of them is the fact that groups can't go in and individuals can, uh, but other other places, it's just like, uh, you know, asking around and, and who you know, and then deciding to give a tip. You know, a tip. <laughs> I was going to ask that, but you already, you already said that. <laughs> and uh, so it's easier for you and Scott to go places where... You know, if you take a tour group, you wouldn't have been able to take them there. That's exactly right. And I no- noticed right away that there were no crowds in your videos. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we usually get to the sites a little earlier than, than crowds do. 
And our tour bus started, we were on that bus at 6.30 in the morning and we went to, we went to um, the Church of the Nativity and we waited three hours to see that, the little star on the ground. <laughs> and, um, and then I saw your video of when you went to that same church and you just, and you're just like casually strolling down the stairs and, you know, talking about the star on the floor. And I was like... <laughs> This yeah. was way better watching it on your videos than doing that in person. You've probably been there when it was really crowded, right? I don't know that I've been there ever when it wasn't crowded. Even the video you saw was just uh, a critical camera angle that made it look like there was nobody there. But it's always oh. crowded. Oh, so you always kind of crowded. like told them to get off the stairway or something? <laughs> yeah, I don't remember exactly what scene you're talking about, but... There's always somebody there, that's for sure. So that's a real benefit of your, your videos. Um, and you have these stunning aerial shots. I mean, um, this is no, you know, low budget Christian Christian production. Like, you know, you know those old videos you used to watch in the seventies, um, you know, from the rapture and stuff where they were really low budget. Oh, yeah. Well, Wayne's videos are not low budget. <laughs> At least they don't look low budget. I thought that you used a um, a small plane or a helicopter or an air balloon, but you use a drone camera. I found that out. <laughs> yeah, th those drone cameras can do wonderful, wonderful things. They'll do just what you what you tell them to. Wow! So, just shots over like Masada. I mean, Masada was one probably one of my favorite places. Really, really beautiful. But that aerial shot over Masada was really breathtaking and then you've got your 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 funny blooper reels <laughs> and my favorite yes. is you sitting on an ancient toilet with your bible and you're putting <laughs> your hand up <laughs> where was that <laughs> um i think that one was at a place called beit shan in, in israel well that was at beit shan i must have missed the toilets uh, was that behind the yeah. amphitheater it it is. It's sort of beside. It's right beside the amphitheater, right? Oh well, our yeah. our chance pretty big. Yeah, it was huge, <laughs> and our and our tour guide gave us like a half an hour to go and explore on our own, and it just we were like walking really fast and scattered in twelve directions, and some of the guys went on the top of the hill where the where the cross was from Jesus Christ Superstar, and I didn't go up there. We just didn't have enough time. I definitely missed the, nice. <laughs> missed the toilets. So we're all like lamenting that we can't travel right now. And these videos have just been the perfect thing this year. Way more fun than watching the news, let me tell you. <laughs> well, and, and way more accurate. <laughs> yeah, way more accurate. A video of faraway places with a biblical application. And, you know, you offer so much value. So anybody seeing these videos to the Bible lands will not be disappointed. So like, how can the folks get a taste of walking the Bible lands and all of your other resources that you have? Well, I mean, um, just go to walkingthebiblelands.com. I believe there's a sample video right there on the front. Uh, I think it's of the Herodium, which is a great site for uh Christmas time or just around Christmas time, but really anytime. It, it's another great example of how archaeology fits with uh, with the scripture. 
So walkingthebiblelands.com. So I will have the links in the show notes for everybody. And you have your books to also get going places with God and walking in the footsteps of Jesus. And you have waiting on God. And there's one other one, one other book that you have. Those are the, those are the three that are published in hard copy. I think we also have another one that talks about the top 10 places of Jesus' life. So go on Wayne's website, waynestyles.com. Wow, it was a real blessing having you on the show today. I know you don't serve the Lord for man's praise, but hmm. you might not hear it enough that your ministry is out there making a difference and changing lives. So thank you so much for for what you do, Wayne, and God bless you. Well, thank you, Diana. We are all on the journey of trusting the Lord and walking with him each day. And the pain that he allows in our lives is uh, draws us close to him. And uh, interesting that we find a sweetness in that intimacy. So thanks very much. Well, brothers and sisters, was that awesome or what? This was only a 40-minute interview and just a glimpse of Wayne's ministry. So, I hope that you will pick one of the resources that I've listed in the show notes for you and dive in. I am just about done reading Waiting on God for the second time. Wayne goes into great detail with Joseph's life and family history. And the answers that we're seeking are not from this world but they're from the Lord and his word. Amen? So, my podcast usually has a music segment. Now, I don't normally play music when I have a guest, so they can have as much time as they need to share their story or their ministry. But today, I think we have some time for a song. Now, there are many songs that I think would be appropriate for this episode. But I think I've decided on a song that would be a perfect fit today. The Holy City. I've sang this song many, many times. I can sing it in my sleep. I never get tired of it. The last time I sang it was at a church concert in Paris. And you can see that concert on my YouTube channel. That was 2019 uh, before we flew over to Israel. And I was going to sing the song in Israel, but it didn't work out that way, unfortunately. Now, this recording is from my album, Classic Favorite. If you're on YouTube, you will see photos from my Israel trip during the music. So here's the song, The Holy City. Enjoy.
Thank you for listening to the Wounds of the Faithful podcast. If this episode has been helpful to you, please hit the subscribe button and tell a friend. You can connect with us at dswministries.org, where you'll find our blog along with our Facebook, Twitter, and our YouTube channel links. Hope to see you next week.